Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode six of the 2022 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft set to begin April 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. But we're talking about Labor Day weekend, college football, a full slate of games, fans in the stands. It's go time. And so really what I'm trying to do as we lead up into that full slate of games is take a look at all of my top tens by position and kind of sprinkle in some additional players that you want to keep an eye on as well. We've taken care of the skill position players on offense. Now it's time to get into the trenches and talk about the biggest, baddest guys on the offense. That's right, offensive line. We're going to take a look at the tackles, the guards, and the centers. Now, when you look at the tackle position, you know, we don't have a Panay Sewell, a Rashawn Slater, guys that we're talking about you know, from day one, hey, these are going to be guys that we're going to be keeping our eye on. Outside of the top spot, Evan Neal out of Alabama played three different positions for, for the, the Tide. 6'7", 360 pounds, dropped that weight down to 340. He's a guy that looks like he could very well be a top 10 pick, possibly even sneak his way into the top five with that athleticism that he's starting to really display. We'll talk about that more here in a minute. There are a lot of guys in this group that have a lot of potential. And that's the thing. You look at them and there's there's all kinds of athleticism and you see that skill that's there. But a lot of these guys, they need to work on, on technique. Some of them need to work on strength. Some of them uh, really just need to refine uh, their, their footwork as well. So there's really a lot of question marks with this group. So as we go through my top 10, I'll kind of break some of those things down for you. When you move inside to guard, obviously we know Elijah Vera Tucker was the guy last year 14th overall pick the Jets traded up to get him and with, with Elijah Vera Tucker he played tackle for the Trojans uh, you know his his final year there at, at SC and we look at a couple of other guys who are doing the exact same thing and Kenyon Green and Ike Mokwonu the difference is is those guys they're all about getting mean getting nasty and those guys are going to get really physical, and I think both of those guys have a great chance at the first round. I think uh, you know Kenyon Green has a chance to really move his way into the top half of round number one. Don't also sleep on on uh, Zion Johnson out of Boston College, and then Darian Kennard out of Kentucky. There's a comparison that I have for him. He's playing right tackle at Kentucky, but I see him playing guard at the next level, and we'll explain why in a little bit. Then you move to the center position. We had three guys. That were sitting there in uh, you know round number two a, a season ago, and that was you know uh, you know Land Dickerson, Creed Humphrey, Josh Myers, and so when you look at this year's crop of centers, I think there's a chance that we could potentially see the same thing happen. You know, from Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa, he's the the best chance at a first round pick in this draft class. But don't sleep on Jarrett Patterson, Donovan West out of Arizona State, Ricky Stromberg. Uh, of Arkansas. These are guys that are also highly skilled. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the center position, there's a lot, it's a pretty deep class for centers. Um, So we'll be taking a look at that group as well. So we've got a lot to cover, you know, a lot of really talented athletes there at the tackle position. So we're going to start there. And I mentioned Evan, uh, Evan Neal, you know, he shows up to Alabama, you know, he was 6'7", 360 pounds. The dude is coming in, in shape, 6'7", 340 pounds now. And, And he started his career at guard. Then he moves to right tackle. Then he moves to left tackle for his junior season. And when you think about that, Alabama, they're really good about bringing in the five-star talent and then 
the best players are going to find a way onto the field. They may not be playing at their, their final destination, but they'll get them on the field. And that's what they did with Evan Ingram. We saw that with Alec, uh, Alex Leatherwood. And, and you know, last year, he was drafted number 17 overall going to the Las Vegas Raiders. That uh, versatility is going to speak volumes. Now, when you look at Evan Neal, the size, you know, he's just an absolutely huge human being. But, you know, the 48-inch box jump that he was posting on social media is just absolutely insane just how athletic this guy is. 26 total starts in his career, 13 at left guard and 13 at right tackle. So you figure probably sprinkling another 13 at left tackle as well. Um, you know, that's kind of the goal here. Freshman All-America in 2019 and 2020 just gave up one and a half sacks at that right tackle position. Just six missed assignments and three penalties, according to Pro Football Focus. A guy who is, is very quick off the ball, um, you know, in pass protection, does a really good job sitting down. Keeps that upper body upright. Those hands consistently shooting inside. Uh, very quick feet. Very, uh, you know, he doesn't rush the kick slide, though. You know, he covers a lot of ground to beat the defensive end to the edge. He's not really overly, uh, it doesn't really rush things. And that also allows him to be pretty solid with his change of direction for those secondary moves. He is so big, he is so long, that it makes it a lot harder for guys to try to, to get around him. Uh, the punch at the point of attack drives his man back and will slow down that rush as well. Um, you know, he, he does try to gather himself and tries to explode into his man. and will get off balance at times and his hands will get a little bit too high, so he needs to work on that. Uh, on those secondary moves, I did mention that there's decent chains of a direction, but it doesn't always move his feet and that can get him in trouble. Um, he does like to extend over his toes. It'll get off balance at times. And when you think about that, you know, being more upright, you know, or having that that leverage, uh, you know, when you're actually bending, uh, you know, that knee bender versus if you've got too much bend at your waist, you know, if you try, uh, you know, grabbing a hold of a, a friend of yours as they're walking by and you bend at the waist, you bend too far over and you're going to fall flat on your face. And that's exactly what happens with a lot of these offensive linemen. They lose leverage and they end up losing their grip. Uh, you know, even the guys with the best grip strength. At some point, if you ultimately are taking that, uh, you know, that center of gravity, and you're bending at that waist, you're going to lose any any uh, you know, stability that you have. Whereas if you've got your feet underneath you, uh, that base, that solid base, it's a lot harder to move you off your spot. And so, you know, I think with Evan Neal, that's one of the things I really want to see what he can do there. Uh, but again, quick initial burst, patient with his hands. And when he keeps that defensive end square, you know you see that inside leg available for the inside move as well. Um, does struggle to recover at times, but you know again he was playing at 360. So now that he's lost that weight, really want to be able to see what that agility, uh, what that looks like. Um, you know against LSU, uh, delivered a huge block. Uh, defensive end was coming free, flattened him before uh, he ever got to Mac Jones. Just a big block there. Climbed to the second level under control, kicking out defensive uh, defensive backs. Generates a lot of movement with good leverage, despite the fact that he is six foot seven. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Evan Neal can do. They're moving him over to the left tackle position. He's a much better overall prospect than Alex Leatherwood, and he was taking number 17 overall. I think sky's the limit for Evan Neal. Um, it, you know, the athleticism that we've already seen on social media, if that translates to the football field, we're talking top 10, and depending on who's in the top five, if they need an offensive lineman, he can sneak his way in there. You know, I, I think there's a legitimate shot there for him, but I'm saying probably top 10 at this point. Um, my number two guy, I went back and forth here, and ultimately I'm going with, with Sean Ryan out of UCLA. 6'5", 320 pounds, and the junior, 19 starts with the Bruins. Uh, this is a guy, you know, freshman All-American, 
uh, first team. And, and look, you know, they th this was a, a group that averaged 230.6 yards uh, on the ground, which was second in the Pac-12. Block for Joshua Kelly for his second of back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons there as well. Um, what I, I really like is he's very patient. You know, he's another guy that doesn't rush things. He's not going to sit there and, and get overly excited. Um, I love the hands. You know, he shoots those hands inside very quick. Um, if the hands get slapped, then those hands are getting right back on there, really able to reposition. Uh, and then the grip strength, able to sustain those blocks. You see that time and time again with him. Um, the biggest thing for him is... Um, he needs to work, you know, the kick slide is under control. You know, you see that short shuffle, maintaining leverage and the angle doesn't open up too soon, uh, but he will get caught leaning on the outside and the defensive end is going to, you know, come across back to the inside, cross his face a little bit. Um, I think he gets susceptible to the inside move at times because he will overset trying to anticipate that outside move. Um, you'll see him reach a bend at the waist at times. Um, you know, pulling down the line, he'll pick up the offensive uh, outside linebacker coming off the edge. So he does a good job when he's on the move there. Blocks down on the defensive end to the inside. Um, and that's one of the things that I think he can really do well is, is block down, cave in the left side in the running game. Um, you know, and what I really liked was watching the game against Hawaii here in 2020. I saw a much more polished blocker. You know, this was a guy who wasn't getting too far extended. He wasn't bending at the waist nearly as much uh, as he was a season ago. Uh, very much more balanced and a guy who was very much in control there on the left side of the line. And uh, that's ultimately when I watched that UCLA game back, you know, that was the, I'm sorry, the Hawaii game back uh, this past weekend on the 28th of August. I, I ultimately moved Sean back into my number two position right now uh, just because He's the guy that, you know, he needed to get some of those things cleaned up, and it seems like he has. And so that's really what I want to watch. Um, I think there's a potential for for Ryan to be a first rounder, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do there in the Pac-12 play. Uh, number three on my list is Charles Cross out of Missis uh, Mississippi State. You know, the redshirt sophomore, 6'5", 310 pounds. Uh, you know, Pro Football Focus noted that he was number four uh, you know, with 520 pass block snaps, uh, started 10 games as a redshirt freshman, uh, played in just three games in 2019. Uh, this is a guy who showed up to, uh, to Mississippi State weighing just 260 pounds. We had to pack, you know, pack on the weight, and now he's up to 310 pounds. You see the athleticism right away, and that's, I think, the thing that really gets you excited. But the biggest thing that I look at with him is he kind of reminds me of Samuel Cosme, uh, you know, kind of a, a lighter, more finesse type of tackle. And, uh, you know, we know Cosme was taken in round number two. Uh, it makes me a little nervous just in terms of, you know, does he have enough power? Does he have the lower body strength to be able to anchor, uh, being able to see that consistently? Look, he's running uh, the left tackle position there, Mike Leach's uh, air raid type offense. We know, you know, Andre Dillard came from that style of offense there at Washington State. And uh, we, we've seen him kind of be an up and down tackle. Um, so, you know, there's some things, obviously, you know, what I've talked about there, Samuel Cosme and, and Andre Dillard has no bearing really on, on Charles Cross, just using those as comparisons. But this dude, he's an easy mover. You know, he's got really long arms and you see that. Um, what I really like, though, is this is a guy who's going to, um, you know, he, he, it, it's crazy. You watch like the LSU game or the Bama game 
you know, he, he would step to the inside with a defensive end. Then the linebacker would be looping around, able to pick up the linebacker or on the stunts. That's that's really the big thing. It seemed like there were a lot of stunts against the Bulldogs and that D-tackle as well. Looping around, he'd pass off the defensive end to the guard and then he'd open up and be able to attack that defensive tackle. And it just time and time again, that awareness, you know, really seeing that you know elite, uh, you know, some of these elite traits coming out of a redshirt freshman. It was really impressive to watch. Uh, there was a tunnel screen, got his shoulder into the defensive end, then climbs to the second level, squares off a linebacker, kind of leans on him before driving him into the ground. Um, you know, defensive ends always trying to shoot inside. Um, and that's one of the things that I love is, you know, against Georgia, um, you know, contact with the guard there as that defensive man was shooting inside, then able to, you know, with leverage, drive his man back and then pancake him in the end zone, uh, drove him back five yards, and it, it was really a nice play there against Georgia. Uh, you know, Christopher Allen uh, and, and Bama coming off the edge, um, got to the outside shoulder. He was opened up, though, able to keep himself between, you know, uh, between Allen and and uh, and his quarterback, um, excellent feet. You know, I think he does a great job. You know, keep keeping that those legs driving, sustaining his blocks. Um, I, I think he does a really good job. You know, sliding with the defensive ends, going outside in. Uh, those secondary moves, he's able to really you know, be fluid with that. Um, I think he anchors well. Um, you know, balance, wide base. Uh, those are all things that I, I really like. You know, the kick slide to the outside, and like I mentioned, you know, the power step back to the inside to wall off the defensive end on that secondary move. Um, saw that, you know, really come into, into play there against Auburn. Um, he's just, like I said, he's a lot of fun to watch, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do there with Mike Leach. I just want to really, you know, make sure, you know, is this a finesse tackle? Or are we going to see some nastiness to him? Are we really going to see that edge? Are we going to see that physicality? You saw some some glimpses of it, but that's really, I want to make sure that this guy's not just a finesse tackle. I still think he's going to be a first-round pick, and uh, he'll be somebody that everyone's got to be excited about. Number four on my list is going to be a little controversial, I think. I'm going with Daniel Fa'alele out of Minnesota. Look, he's 6'8", 400 pounds. The junior, you know, 2018 season as a freshman, his second year of playing American football. He's from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, you know, played rugby um, and uh, you know, and and soccer. Played basketball. Uh, then he goes to one of Jim Harbaugh's satellite camps. Started at IMG as a junior to, to learn the game. and Didn't actually get on the field until a senior in high school. 19 starts under his belt. This was a guy who missed uh, being on the field in 2020. Sat out due to COVID. And uh, look, I know what you're going to say. You're going to watch him and say, hey, he's 400 pounds. The dude moves slow. I, I heard uh, quite a few guys out there the, 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 in the draft community talk about just how slow he is. Need I remind you, Orlando Brown Jr. running that 40 time at the Combine uh, and ultimately what he's able to do at the next level. Phil Lodeholt carved out uh, a decade on the right side of that offensive line there in Minnesota. And so you, know, you can't tell me that these guys with size can't make it at the next level. And here's the thing that I love about Fa'alele. He's a much better mover than people actually give him credits for. I, I you know, I, I think he, the, the movement skills for a guy his size, it's pretty impressive, but the power is just unreal. This is a guy that's just going to lock onto his man in the quick lane bowl back in 2018, uh, you know, locked onto his man, drove his man about 10 yards down the field before ultimately getting the pancake, just overwhelms guys, just engulfs 
the, the, the defensive end. I mean, shoot, you're dealing with a 6'9", 400-pound guy. And even if you want to try to get around him, good luck. You're going to have to call Uber or, or Lyft to get around this guy. And even then, I mean, you're probably going to be racking up some charges because you've got to go a long way to get by him. Uh, once he locks onto you, the grip strength is unreal. He's not letting go. Um, you know, there was a put hands to the chest of, of, a, of a defensive tackle, just absolutely stones the guy, drives his man probably close to 10 yards down the field, and then just pancakes him, just drives him into the ground. The biggest thing with Fa'alele is just going to be, you know, because he's so big, because he is 6'8 and 400 pounds, the transitions, you know, his, his lateral quickness, you worry about that. You worry about his pad level getting too high. You, you worry about that there. Is he a guy that can actually be equipped to be that right tackle? Can he be an Orlando Brown Jr.? Can he be a Phil Lodeholt? Does he have to kick inside to guard? That's really going to be the big thing uh, there for, for Minnesota. But look, you know, Minnesota, they're going to want to run the ball there in the Big tw- uh, Big Ten. And you've got uh, you know, Mohamed Ibrahim you know, running the football there. Sam Schluter over on the left-hand side. You know, I like Sam. He, he's a guy that has a chance to get drafted late. Um, but you know, Lele is a guy, if you haven't gotten to see him watch, you know, you got to tune in. I mean, he's literally the eighth or ninth wonder of the world. He's, he's, a, he's a large human being. At number five, I'm going with Nicholas Petit Ferrer out of Ohio State, the junior, 6'5, 304. Um, started 2020 at right tackle. In 2019, he played in, all, in, in 14 games. Um, but in 2020, Pro Football Focus noted that he had pressures on just 0.5% of all of his pass block attempts, which was first among all Power Five offensive tackles. Now, what I noticed, you know, he wide base, uh, you know, able to really anchor. Um, what I loved, again, another guy who had great awareness, stones that inside rush, then gets outside to either pick up the looping linebacker or the defensive tackle, uh, You know whether it was a blitz coming around off the edge or uh, a twist or a stun up front. Uh, I think he sits down well, really good leverage, extends those arms into the defensive end off the edge, uh, very good leverage in the running game, leans into that defensive end and gets that leg drive for movement. Um, you know what, what I noticed. You know he'd lock on with that left arm inside under the pad level, then uses that right arm to hand fight with the defensive end. Uh, you see the feet to mirror. Uh, really good ability to reshoot those hands after they're slapped away by the defensive end. Consistently getting those hands back on the DN. Um, really good feet. Takes great angles in in pass protection with his kick slide, beating that defensive end to the edge. Um, you know with really good hands, good footwork as well. The leg drive, you see that in the running game. Climbs to the second level, will overset in the open field. He'll get caught leaning, and when he gets over his toes, he's going to lose his balance. So, you know, another one of those guys that just needs to work on some of that technique, you know, be a little bit more under control, stay balanced, stay patient, and I'm expecting a big year out of Petit Ferrer. You know, if, if he has a big year, uh, he could be coming out and, you know, fringe first rounder, probably more like a second day guy, um, at least right now. I think he's a better pro prospect than Thayer Munford. Uh, Munford, to me, just doesn't have quite the movement skills that Petit Ferrer has. Uh, number six on my list uh, is Jackson Kirkland out of Washington. Look, 6'7", 322, freshman All-America in 2018, first team All-Pac-12 in 2020, two-time Washington O-lineman of the year, academic All-Pac-12, 29 starts. Here's the thing, 25 of those were at right guard, and then it, it, you played in four games there in 2020 at left tackle. Only two pressures in 125 pass attempts, according to Pro Football Focus, in 2020. 
what you see is exceptional athleticism. This is another dude um, who reminds you of Samuel Cosme again. Um, you know, uh, lean lower body, so he struggles to generate movement in the run game. Um, you know, high pad level at times, which is going to get him into trouble. But that athleticism, he's so quick out of his stance. Great job with his kick slides. Excellent angles. Extends his arms. Locks out. Um, quick to also slide inside versus those inside rush. Excellent feet. Able to mirror his man. Um, keeps those hands up in pass protection. That's one of the things that you always see is those hands. They always are up right around his helmet. And he's able to easily engage the man that's sitting there in front of him. Um, there was, you know, against Arizona. Shot those, uh, you know, had the hands inside. Played with leverage, able to drive his man eight yards down the field and then dumped him. Um, Utah game, you know, decent knee bend, did overextend, it'll get too far over his toes, but those hands still stay inside um, to keep the man in front. Um, getting to the second level, uh, he blocked Devin Lloyd, who's a, a phenomenal uh, linebacker there for the Utes. Blocked him all the way to the sideline on a run into the boundary. Um, you know, he's a guy, you know, he can handle the defensive end off the edge, moves very well laterally. Uh, so Jacqueline Kirkland, I, I think there's some versatility to him inside and outside, but just that elite athleticism is what really strikes me. Um, the biggest worry that you have is that lean lower body. It reminds me a little bit of Brady Christensen, a guy who I thought uh, needs to hit the weight room a little bit before you really see him make that impact there in Carolina. Number seven on my list is Rashid Walker, 6'6", 310 out of Penn State, the junior look. This is a guy who is another elite uh, athlete, and a lot of people have him up much higher on their draft boards. I just I think there's some inconsistency to his, his technique and, and footwork at times that get him into trouble. 26 games there for the Nittany Lions, 22 starts at left tackle. Uh, you know, started in his first game at Penn State, nine starts uh, this past season. Um, knee bender. Uh, drops, you know, drop, you know, drops, drops the weight, able to anchor, keeps that upper body upright, so easily able to mirror. Uh, the hands are very active. You know, you see that he wins a lot of those hand fighting. Um, in the Indiana game, you know, he engaged the defensive end Michael Zimba uh, early, drove him off the ball, extended those arms, and then drove him away from the uh, from the running back on, on a run play. Um, you know, he, he will get flat-footed at times, and, and the defensive end will be able to disengage from him and, and pressure the quarterback, um, flush him from the pocket. Um, but what I love, you know, against Ohio State, getting out to the second level, finding that not only a moving target, but Pete Werner, who's a pretty solid uh, linebacker, able to get a block on him. Uh, what I like, the feet to the inside to block the defensive end, then pick up the D, the D tackle coming around on a twist. Um Linebacker on the outside, you know, he picked him up, but uh, the linebacker forced him to square to the end zone, um, and, and ultimately uh, the linebacker was able to get back up inside. That's what I'm talking about. He'll get himself into trouble at times because he'll want to lunge at, at, at the uh, at the defender, and he'll just get himself out of position. So when you lunge at, at someone, and uh, you know, that, it's going to get you off balance, especially you know as you're lunging, your weight, you know, your center of gravity, and everything gets farther and farther over your toes and in that case as he kicked you know the kick slide he's he's turning almost you know towards the you know like i said towards the end zone behind him and uh ultimately his man is getting back to the inside on him but you love the mean streak with this punch you see that physicality um the leg drive in the running game leans on that defensive end gets a nice pancake uh, you know from time to time 
Um, he will get off balance trying to keep up with the edge rusher to the outside at times. He'll open up, get caught leaning up the field, susceptible to that move back inside, as I said. Um, but I, I like Rashad, uh, Rashid Walker. He's the guy right now that I think is a day two pick. Um, clean up some of that. And, and if he can prove that he that he has that, then he has a chance to be a, a first round pick. Um, number eight for me is Abraham Lucas out of Washington State. He's 6'7", 325, started all 30 games at right tackle. 2018, uh, as redshirt freshman, freshman All-American, pro football focus, actually had him as the second best pass blocker. 2019, second team All-Pac-12, nine knockdown blocks in four games, according to pro football focus as well. Um, this is a guy, he's such an easy mover. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, he, he's 6'7", 325, but you know, you'll see that deep kick slide. He'll pick up linebackers, uh, pick up defensive ends, and, you know, he's able to, to move very well. You'll see him slide back to the inside with a nice shuffle, shuffle uh, on the defensive end to the inside. That pad level, because he's 6'7", it's going to creep up. It'll get him in, in trouble a little bit with his leverage, but this is a such an easy mover. Um, you love his ability. Against USC, he was pulling to seal off the edge on a run play. He was a lead blocker for, for the running back, uh, locked out, and, and basically drove uh, the outside linebacker, Hunter Eccles, for the Trojans about 10 yards down the field. I mean, it was pretty impressive to watch. Uh, you know, this is a guy, you know, he's just flying under radar, you know, and, and he's a guy, for me, like I said, the pad, the pad level and not playing with leverage is going to get him into trouble a little bit, but I see him as a, as a pro right tackle. He's a guy, to me, that... Uh, you know, you want to see again some of that physicality in the run game uh, a little bit. You want to see that consistently. Um, you know, he's not asked to run the football a ton. You know, they're not really doing that a ton there at Washington State. But you really want to see what he can do, what he brings to the table there in, in that in that regard. As a pass blocker, though, he's one of the best in this draft class, in my opinion. Um, so he's another guy to keep an eye on as a potential uh, early mover up draft boards. Number nine is Zion Nelson out of Miami, 6'5", 316. Now the junior, um, you know, in 2019 as a true freshman, started all 13 games uh, at left tackle. Rarely happens there at the U, uh, you know, that a freshman starting, you know, and started all 13 games. 2020, 10 games, seven starts, including the final six at left tackle. His pad level gets too high at times. He's unable to sustain blocks as a result, but... You know, what I do like is those 35-inch arms that he has. He really uses his length to his advantage. Um, I, I like the fact that he's very quick out of his stance, moves well laterally, keeps his feet under him, and when he latches on, he'll keep his man in front. Does have a tendency, like I said, with that pad level rising, and, and he will lunge a little bit at times. Um, to me, I just haven't seen the consistency out of Zion Nelson. A lot of people have him in their top five at the offensive tackle position. I just haven't seen the consistency. I've seen, you know, I, I want to see more out of him uh, before I can really justify moving him into uh, a potential top five on my offensive lineman. I, I look at the guys that I have in front of him, and I, I think you know I, I see more consistency out of those guys. Uh, Thayer Munford out of Ohio State, 6'5", 315. You know, this is kind of the veteran of the group. Um, you know, the, the senior um, a guy who I think does a really good job, especially in the run game. You know, against Nebraska, you know, he drove that defensive end, caved in the entire left side to give Master Teague an easy lane for a touchdown. Uh, you, you love to see the, the hand placement. Um, I think he has better feet than Isaiah Prince on the left side, although, you know, that's not really saying a whole lot. Um, but uh, still better feet. You know, you do see him lunge at times in space. Um, and uh, the, the bending at the waist, the, the feet don't always match the hands. So there's some technique issue there. 
Uh, I think really he's at his best with his hands inside in the run game. That's really what you're going to see him driving, uh, driving his man off the ball. In pass protection, defensive end, bull rush, when it gets into his chest, it's going to blow him back off the football. Needs to do a better job really being able to, to re-anchor and, uh, and be able to uh, stone that, that rush. And that's one of the things he'll get pushed back and, and on skates gets him into trouble sometimes. Um, you know, another guy to keep an eye out for is going to be Jalen Duncan out of Maryland, 6'6", 315. Uh, the junior, four starts at left tackle, one at center um, in, uh, in 2020. In 2019, played in 12 games, 11 starts at left tackle. Um, you know, I, I like the size. I like the movement skills there. It has some, offers up some versatility. Now, I'll give you one other name there at the U. And yes, everyone's talking about Zion Nelson, but how about Jared Williams, the right tackle? You know, this is a guy I thought, you know, he, he came from, from Houston uh, as, as a transfer. And what I really like about him is, you know, he, he moves really well for a guy his size. He's, he's 6'6", he's 320 pounds. Um, he has long arms, uses that to his advantage. He will get beaten at times uh, with, with the speed rush coming off the edge. But um, to me, He's one of those guys that nobody's talking about that people need to keep an eye on. And I'll give you one small school guy. I mentioned, uh, you know, I was watching some of the games over the weekend there on the 28th, and uh, Southern Utah's got a guy to keep an eye out for, and that's Braxton Jones. 6'7", 310 pounds, the redshirt junior. Man, he was given Cade Hall, uh, you know, out of San Jose State, all he could handle. Now, the defensive end, we'll be talking about defensive ends in the next podcast, but Cade Hall was Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, a guy that had 10 sacks a season ago, um, and he just, he struggled to do anything. Only had one tackle in the game. Uh, Braxton Jones really stoning him there at the point of attack. Uh, Braxton Jones is the name that you're going to want to really remember. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. He might end up being a guy that's going to move up draft boards there from the small schools. Uh, there's always one of those guys that ends up moving into that group. Uh, whether or not he decides to to leave school a year early, that's going to be the big question mark. But he's definitely a guy um, that's now on everybody everybody's radar, including mine. So now we're going to move inside to the, the guard position. And I mentioned Kenyon Green. He's at the top of my list. He's number one overall uh, at the guards. 6'3", 325 pounds. They're at Texas A&M. Look, 2020... Banner year, first-team All-American. 2019 was a first-team All-SEC guy. Uh, in 2019, through 10 games, 691 snaps, 13 starts, according to Pro Football Focus. This dude is just nasty. He's going to want to beat you up. He's physical. He's a mauler. Um, you know, but he also has the athleticism. You know, he fires quickly off the ball. And then what I like is he gets those hands into the defensive tackle in a hurry, drives him down the line, very active hands. Um, he'll cave in. Uh, you know his side of the line on on a on fourth down plays to open up big holes for for Isaiah Spiller. Very stout at the point of attack and, and pass protection. Plays with excellent leverage. Uh, he filled in for Ryan McCollum at center when he got hurt in the Orange Bowl there against North Carolina. Um, and he's going to be moving to left tackle for the 2021 season. So you're going to get to see that as well. Um, against South Carolina, had a kickout block on a defensive end on fourth and one, opened a huge hole. Um, you know, fullback also climbed to the linebacker and the running back had this huge running lane for, for a first down. He just generates a ton of movement. That's one of the things that I just love when I watch him play. 
Um, but you know, I, I keep looking at my notes, and he just blocks down, blocks down, caves in the left side, um, uses those long arms to, to keep the defensive tackle in front, um, power at the point of attack, using that leverage, getting under that pad level, generating a lot of movement, sustaining the blocks at the point of attack. Very strong arms as well, or strong hands as well. So you see that that grip strength uh, with his blocks. I'm curious to see what type of talent he's going to be at the left tackle position. You know that really helped AVT with his draft stock a season ago. Um, you know, look, you know AVT came off the board number 14 overall to the Jets. Kenyon Green, if he has another big year, we could be talking about him sneaking potentially, um, you know, into that top 10 consideration. Um, you know, for a guard, I think that's high praise, but I think he's a guy that definitely deserves it. Now, Akim Okwonu, 6'3", 325 pounds, a junior out of NC State, their left tackle. Uh, you know, he's got some movement skills. You know, you see that for sure, but he's, he's mostly known as that physical presence, that left tackle. Um, you know, what I love, um, I do, when he gets ahead of steam, watch out. You know, he, he comes downhill in a hurry. Uh, you know, he, he's not overly big, you know, like I said, 6'3", 325. So he, he doesn't have that, that profile for left tackle, but you love the physicality. You know, he moves pretty well. I think he's a guy that's going to kick inside the guard and be a pro for a long time. Now, I mentioned Darian Kennard uh, out of Kentucky. Uh, you know, he's number three on my list, 6'5", 345 pounds. And when I watch him, you know, he's got good power in his hands, um, looks to bury the defensive end in, in, in the ground game, looks to manhandle him, you know, anybody that's lined up over him, blocks down on the defensive end, generates a ton of movement with good power. Um, you know, he does get him into trouble at times because he'll get too far over his toes and unable to sustain those blocks. When he gets his hands on you, it's all over. But the thing with it is, is on that right tackle position, he does struggle with those edge rushers, the speed rushers coming off. Uh, off the corner reminds me a lot of Cody Ford coming out of uh, Oklahoma. Now, you know, Cody Ford talked about as a potential first rounder, ultimately came off the board in round two. I think that's really where, where Darian Kennard can end up coming uh, off the board. And I, I think he's somebody for me that should be uh, a guard at the next level. And uh, that's really where I, I see him starting and, uh, you know, having a nice career in the NFL. Uh, Zion Johnson, you know, he's only 6'2", 310 pounds, out of BC, but this is a dude who uh, you know, plays left tackle for the, the Eagles, but I, I think, you know, because of that lack of overall size, the, the arm length, he's probably going to kick inside to guard. Uh, a guy, you know, that I think, you know, does a good job in space, uh, you know, easy mover, like I said, plays with good leverage, knee bender, and look, he's an intelligent guy. You know, Campbell Trophy semifinalist. Uh, Campbell Trophy, if you're not aware, is the, uh, you know, really the academic Heisman, if you will. Uh, he's a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Number five, nobody's really talking about this dude, but, uh, you know, Notre Dame uh, got a steal in Kane Madden. 6'3", 313 pounds, a transfer from Marshall. This dude's nickname is Dump Truck. I mean, when you've got a dude whose nickname is Dump Truck, I mean, that's really all you need to say about the guy. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, but this guy, he plays with a mean streak. He punishes at the second level. This dude's just a road grader. Just shoves his man down, opens this giant hole against Appalachian State. You know, Brendan Knox runs through it for 21 yards. Uh, the hands, you just see him blowing up, you know, um, blowing up defenders to open up holes in, in the running game. Um, just... 
driving his man down the field. You know, the mean streak. This is a guy that's going to be nasty. And look, for Notre Dame, they're losing a lot of guys up front. Liam Eichenberg to, to Robert Hainsey. You know, Jared Patterson, the center, is back. But they really needed that that, that physical presence and uh, a leader on uh, on that line. And I love the fact that a K. Madden is, is coming in there. Um, and look... Yeah, well, uh, let's see, the Buffalo game, I've got a note here, hands on their defensive end, pad level, uh, works his hips around to really seal off on, on the zone play, uh, gets his hands under the pad level as well, driving his man back to the inside, um, very very much you know has that power in his hands, uh, does lunge a lot in pass protection, and, and really gets too far over his toes. Um, so, you know, some limited athleticism there with him, but... The dude is just, he's mean, he's nasty, he's going to beat you up, and that's really a lot of fun to watch. Um, Ed Ingram, they're at LSU, 6'3", 315 pounds. This was a guy, look, you know, in 2017, started 12 games, 700 snaps, 2-plus knockdowns in 10 games, according to Pro Football Focus. In 2018, he didn't play. He wasn't on the roster there at LSU, but they brought him back. They allowed him back on the roster in 2019. Uh, you know, 12 games played, three starts. Really, 2020 was kind of that breakout year. Nine starts, played every offensive snap um, in six of the nine games. 722 snaps, third among the LSU out, uh, offensive linemen. No sacks given up. Uh, you know, this according to um, LSU is, is bio there for LSU. Ed Ingram was just one of those those mainstays on uh, the, the Tiger offensive line, and, and a guy that you can count on to be solid both in the pass game and uh, running the football. But you know, he's all all about physicality, and that's one of the things that you want to see out of your guards. Uh, Lasita Smith out of Virginia Tech, six two, three hundred fifteen pounds. Um, a guy who really started getting that momentum in 2019. 12 starts at left guard. Uh, and tw- uh, in 2020, 11 starts again. Honorable mention, all ACC in, in 2020. 6'2", 315 pounds. A nice, easy mover there for Virginia Tech. And look, you know, with Doug Nestor moving on to West Virginia, he'll be a guy that's going to be counted upon along the interior of that line. He's got to be the leader, especially now that uh, Christian Derisaw has moved on to the next level. Number eight on my list, uh, Cade Mays out of Tennessee, 6'5", 328 pounds, 32 games, 25 starts, 18 at right guard, three at right tackle, two at left guard, two at left tackle. Um, played seven games at left guard at, uh, at UT there at Tennessee, 478 snaps. Um, you know, this is a guy as a sophomore there for Georgia, 642 snaps and snaps at really all positions. Uh, thank you, Pro Football Focus, for that. In 2018, he was a freshman All-American. This is a guy who um, I, I think you know he, he put up some some pretty nice tape there at Georgia, and, and that versatility really spoke well. It spoke highly of him. Um, but man, when he got to Tennessee after sitting out, it, it, he just wasn't the same. You know, it's like against Georgia. Uh, one of the things that you saw was and he blocks down on Devonte Wyatt. Spun, out, spun back to the outside to get off his block and drop the running back in the backfield. Uh, Malik Herring ran by him on a missed assignment. Uh, very slow afoot, unable to keep Jordan Davis in front of him. Um, you know, but what you did like, you know, against Auburn, some of the agility coming across the formation, picking up an edge rusher. Um, but again, uh, you know, just always looking to out muscle guys, and you know, he can be physical at the point of attack. But uh, when he 
you're asking him to be an athlete climbing to the second level against Auburn. He whiffed on, on two linebackers in the open field. You just can't have that. So I, I'm really looking to K-Mate. Look, you know, Trey Smith isn't there. He's going to be the veteran on that line. Uh, you know, Wanye Morris, he transferred to OU. It's going to be K-Mate's. And that line is going to be looking to him for some leadership. He's got to elevate his game if he really wants to move that draft stock, move the needle there. Logan Bruss out of Wisconsin, 6'4", 316 pounds, paid both right tackle and right guard for the Badgers. 19 total starts, 15 at right tackle, an academic All-Big Ten, uh, you know, an All-Big Ten in selection there in 2020. And with Bruss, you know, again, you know, he's a Wisconsin guy. You know you're going to see the physicality. Right tackle, you know, I, I think that might be a little too rich for him. You know, I, I think, you know, he doesn't have quite the size and he's not athletic enough to be a right tackle. I think, though, you kick him inside to guard and with that physicality, his ability to uh, you know, be proficient in the running game, Logan Bruss will be a guy that I think will be solidified as a, as a guard at the next level. Uh, Oklahoma Marquise Haynes, 6'4", 349, 13 starts at left guard in 2019. In 2020, 11 starts at, at left guard. Uh, just gave up two sacks on 416 pass block attempts, according to Pro Football Focus. And look, you know they noted that against Florida in the Cotton Bowl. No sacks, no hits, no hurries. Uh, you know, and he's going up against guys with you know Brenton Cox uh, and company coming off the edge there. And and you know you had TD Slayton and, and Ventrell Miller and, and guys like that shooting inside. Um, and he was able to really hold his own there at, at left guard. Uh, and look, you know they have that guard tackle pull. And so he has to be able to to get out and be able to get that big body moving and pull coming around that that left side. And that's one of the things that's OU's bread and butter. So you know that this guy can pull. You know he can get out into space. You know that he can get over and seal off that edge, allowing that running back to to follow his blocks and pick up a lot of yardage. Um, You know, he's a guy for me that people aren't really talking about. He's a guy that can move up, uh, definitely move up draft draft boards for sure um, so those are my my guards and then when you move inside to the center position the pivot and I mentioned Tyler Linderbaum look he's 6'2 289 pounds the junior out of the uh, you know Iowa Hawkeyes Remington finalist in 2020 first team all-american first team all big 10 eight starts there for the Hawkeyes in 2019 honorable mention all big 10 with 13 starts this is a dude who is just, he's so athletic. And that's one of the things that's so fun. I watched that Northwestern game, climbs to the second level, takes on uh, Patty Fisher, the middle linebacker, got that block. And uh, really, Tyler Goodson following that block for a 15-yard touchdown. And you saw that time and time again. The athleticism and also translates to that, that passing game. A guy that just, he, the footwork, you love being able to see him move. You see him play with excellent leverage. Knee bender, a guy that's going to play with excellent leverage and shoot those hands inside and control his man there at the point of attack. To me, Tyler Linderbaum, um, you know, I thought Creed Humphrey had a heck of a shot at, at being a first rounder uh, in last year's draft. Tyler Linderbaum, to me, is going to be uh, the most likely of uh, the centers to be a potential first rounder. Uh, Jarrett Patterson there at, at Notre Dame, 6'4", 305. Um, and, and he's he's a, a lot of fun to watch, you know, in, in my opinion. Um, stays low off the snap. He's a knee bender, keeps his man in front of him in pass protection. Um, outside zone, you know, not quite able to secure those reach blocks, you know, on, on uh, occasion. Um, but what I loved against Pittsburgh had that combo block on, on the defensive tackle and the linebacker. 
He'll pull, get out in front of, uh, of Kyron Williams, uh, allows you know Williams to see those alleys and those lanes and, and be able to plant and, and cut inside the guard. Um, so you like to see that from him as well. The hands will get a little bit too high, um, especially when, when he's blocking in the running game. You know, I can get him into trouble a little bit, but still that leg drive, able to, to drive his man off the football, uh, opens a lot of holes for, for the running back. You know, I, I think he's limited athletically in, in pass uh, pass protection. But look, against you know Clemson, really took on and absorbed the blitz downhill by Baylin Specter. Played with a really low base. Um, when he gets too high, uh, you know Clemson was throwing him to the ground because he was just getting way too high. But what I love is is you know he he, he keeps coming back. You know he doesn't let that phase him. Um, you know he needs to. To, to just continue to polish his game. The footwork is what scares me in pass protection. Not always quick enough to get his hands on blitzing linebacker shooting through the A-gap after the snap. Um, you know, but what I did like, you know, taking on Brian Brissy, who we know is going to be a, a force to be reckoned with again this year, was a phenomenal uh, true freshman a season ago. Um, but, you know, I, I really liked his ability to take on Brissy and drive him away from his, from his running back. And, uh, you know, Jared Patterson battled some injuries in 2020, and so that's why I didn't see the field a ton at the end of the season. So he's coming back for one more year, and I'm really excited to see what, what Patterson can do. Uh, number three on the list, Donovan West. 6'2", 315, the junior has, uh, you know, he's, he's very athletic. A lot of people have him even into that number two spot. I don't know that I'm quite there yet. Some people also have him at guard because he has that versatility. I think the pivot is really where he should stick um, and really stay. And uh, he could be like that Josh Myers type. You know, I, I think a guy who um, you know people will be talking about other guys. And he could end up finding himself sneaking into that day two consideration and moving ahead of some guys that other people are talking about, like a Ricky Stromberg out of it, Arkansas, 6'3", 311 pounds, eight starts in 2020. Six, uh, 628 offensive snaps, every offensive snap seven times for the Razorbacks, five penalties, had a six, 69.7 run block grade by Pro Football Focus in 2020. Uh, 2019 played all 12 games, started the last 11. Um, this is a guy, look, you know, he had no sacks, 417 snaps, and had three games where he graded out over 80 for Pro Football Focus. So, you know, really a guy that I think is moving up draft boards a guy that people are really taking uh, taking notice of um, so he'll be one of those guys to watch there in uh, in the SEC play um, moving back to the Pac-12 Nick Ford out of Utah 6'4 315 uh, in 2018 played in 11 games seven starts six at left guard one at right tackle 2019 14 starts one at right tackle and 13 at right guard and then in 2020 played in five games Got one start there at left tackle, but four at center. So 30 games, 26 starts, two-time All-Pac-12. Where do you really stick him when you're talking about your rankings? You know, ultimately, I could have stuck him at guard, um, could have stuck him at center, could have really put him in both spots. Um, the versatility is really what's what uh, stands out to me. Um, you know, and, and you know, he 
played left tackle against USC. I thought he did a solid job there uh, against Colorado. Did a really good job picking up uh, Carson Wells, one of the more athletic linebackers in the country. Picked him up on, up the middle on the blitz, drove him to the outside. Uh, you see the snap, and then he keeps those hands inside, especially on Nate Landman, uh, the, the inside linebacker there. Phenomenal player, very instinctive, uh, controls that that point of attack and pass protection as well. Uh, also loved seeing him, you know, pick up Landman trying to shoot the gaps. Um, in that same game, uh, lead blocker on a big run by Ty Jordan against Washington. Um, you know, consistently what I, what I keep seeing in my notes is, is getting those hands inside. You know, a lot of movement. Um, one of the things that you did see though was you know some poor snaps. So that's really what kind of you know still has me thinking maybe he you know the center position is probably not the best fit for him. He's probably more of a guard at the next level. But um, you know, we'll have to kind of. See how that all plays out. Uh, number six on my list is Alec Lindstrom. And, and honestly, he probably should be much higher than that on my draft board. 6'3", 295, the junior. Look, as a, a freshman, 71 snaps under his belt after an injury to John Baker, the center there, in 2018 as a redshirt freshman. Actually got to play 55 snaps next to his brother, Chris, who was a four-year starter for the Eagles and a first-round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, in 2019, third team, all ACC, 13 starts under his belt. And then in 2020, Pro Football Focus noted 785 offensive snaps, first team, all ACC. Um, you know, the, the want to see him anchor. Against um, Notre Dame, Kurt Heinisch, the, no, the nose tackle, uh, really put him on skates, drove him back because he was way too high. Um, needs to work on some of the snaps a little bit. You know, snapped a couple by uh, by Phil Jakovic as well. Uh, one of the things that I loved was watching him uh, against Brian Brissy when uh, BC played Clemson. Kept those hands underneath the defensive tackle's pad level inside, right on that chest plate, and unable to disengage. Um, you know, and then later on in that same game, blocked down, you know, to his right on, on a quarterback bootleg to the left. He blocks down and able to just pancake his man. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Lindstrom, it's more, you know, he, he's a technician, but at the same time, it's more about consistency with that. You know, when he's, when he's on, you look at him like, wow, the technique is there. It's just making sure that he keeps the pad level low, that he stays more consistent with that. And, you know, he'll continue to move up those draft boards. I mean, the bloodlines are absolutely there. Next on my list is going to be James Empey out of BYU. 6'3", 303, freshman All-American in 2018. Had 12 starts under his belt there. 2019, another 13 starts. Uh, you know, in 2018 and then in 2020, eight starts there for the Cougars. That's 33 total starts in his three seasons there at BYU. And what I really like about this guy is he moves really well um, against Houston, climbing to the second level, finds that defensive uh, the defensive back, hits that moving target under control. Really good hips to get around on reach blocks as well. You see him extend those arms in the defensive tackle to long arm and control his man. Zone run plays, gets out on the move, gets under the, de the defensive tackle's pad level, generates the movement there as well. You see him picking up the linebacker blitz through the A-gap, anchored really well against San Diego State. Look, James Empey is one of those centers that people just aren't talking about, and I think he's a guy that should be drafted somewhere in mid to late day three, but a guy who I think can definitely contribute at the next level. 
Uh, Grant Gibson out of NC State, you know, a smaller guy, he's 6'1", 305. In 2017, he was a redshirt as a defensive tackle, ultimately moves from defensive tackle to guard in 2018 as that redshirt freshman. 2019 gets 12 starts at center, and then in 2020, another 12 starts as well, played in every regular season snap, but we did get hurt in the bowl game. Um, a guy, look, you know, NC State, you know, pivots are known for their reach blocks, and, you know, Grant Gibson, no exception. Um, you know, so he's a guy, Garrett Bradbury was excellent with that. The thing that's going to hurt Gibson is his lack of overall size, you know, the, the length on him. You know, he's just 6'1", six, six so he does have some issues there. Really needs to be quick with his hands, uh, shooting those hands off, you know, after the snap. Um, doesn't have that, that length to him, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, I think what he can use to his advantage, though, is that low center of gravity to really anchor and be that that uh, that fire plug there to really prevent those nose tackles from cl- uh, collapsing the pocket. You know, it'll be interesting to see what he can do in a really strong ACC. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do against Clemson's line up front. Dawson Deaton out of Texas Tech. He's 6'5", 3'10". He's a veteran center. He's someone to keep an eye on. I'll tell you, Doug Kramer out of Illinois really impressed me. 6'1", 300, 300 pounds. I think they have him at 62306, uh, if I remember correctly from this past weekend, but he took on Nebraska. And this is a dude who was pretty physical. Illinois wanted to run the football. I think Brett Bielema uh, really helping that offensive line. And I thought Kramer, you know, was definitely the guy that was impressing the most. Pancaking guys, guy, you know, he was able to get out on the move and, and show some some athleticism as well. But what I just loved was just that you know he's getting under guys, he was throwing guys to the ground, he was pancaking guys, driving them into the ground. You saw that mean streak, that nastiness. If there's anybody who I think you know has made a really a name for himself at that center position um, early on, it's going to be Doug Kramer. He's a guy to really watch with Brett Bielema taking that running game uh, with the Illini. Look, it's an upstart offense. They won 30 to 22 um, you know, with Arter Sikowski, the, the quarterback, the transfer from Rutgers coming in, spelling Brandon Peters, ultimately taking him to that victory over the Cornhuskers. Uh, he's someone just. Don't don't count him out. You know Doug Kramer, really you know lower on a lot of people's lists, but I'll tell you what, he was a lot of fun to watch, and I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him there in Big Ten play. He's somebody who I think could potentially move up draft boards. So we were able to get through what 30 plus prospects on the offensive line in less than an hour. Um, you know I think that's probably a record for me. Um, I, I know I can be long-winded at times when I'm talking about these prospects, but I just get so excited. I get so excited talking about these guys and, and really the you know watching the game tape, breaking it down, and really bringing all of that to you. So we'll go ahead and wrap up this podcast, but then we're going to be moving to the defensive side of the football. And obviously we'll be talking about the Kayvon Thibodeaus, the Derek Stingleys, uh, and all of those guys. But there are other guys that are out there. You know, Kyle Hamilton, I can't forget about him. He's a potential top 10 pick there at the safety position. But there are other guys to get excited about, like DeVar- DeMarvin Leal, uh, Perion Winfrey, Drake Jackson there out of USC, um, you know, Trent McDuffie there in the you know at corner, Sauce Gardner, and Kobe Bryant there in Cincinnati. Um, you know, a lot of guys to really get excited about defensively. Um, and you're really going to, you know, really start with that defensive end position. A lot of guys that are going to come off the edge and get to the quarterback. We'll talk about the D tackles. I've mentioned, you know, DeMarvin Leal and Perion Winfrey. Linebackers, I'm going to be talking about, look, you, you've got um, Adam Anderson, 
you know, a guy who just explodes, you know, sprinter stance and explodes out of a stance. But look, he's not alone. You got Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. I think Brenton Cox out of Florida. You know, uh, Trace Ford from Oklahoma State is a guy to talk about. When you talk about linebackers too, you know, you got uh, Mike Rose out of Iowa State. I think that guy is really just a throwback, a nasty dude. Uh, Ventrell Miller is a nice player. Terrell Bernard out of Baylor is my sleeper. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. He's someone to, to take note of. And then when you get into that corner position, obviously, you know, you've got Kair Elam uh, that's going to be battling Der- Der- uh, Derek Stingley there at the top, Sauce Gardner there, Kobe Bryant, uh, Taiwan Mullen out of Indiana is going to be there, Caleb Evans, and Allie Green the fourth, the two Tulsa giant Tulsa corners, both moving to Mizzou. We'll see what they can do in SEC play. Um, and then at the safety position, not only do you have Kyle Hamilton, but you got Jordan Battle, Bubba Bolden's going to be there. You know, a lot of different guys that we're going to be talking about at the safety position as well. So be prepared for defensive ends, defensive tackles, linebackers, secondary. We'll cover all of that here in the next couple of podcasts as we get ready for the full slate of games. Labor Day weekend. I am so excited. I can't wait. We'll get to go ahead and recap some of the what I saw there on the 28th of August. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and we'll really get into the full swing of the full slate of games. And look, week after week, we'll be talking about you know play you know players that I saw that really helped themselves or may have hurt their draft stock. Some sleepers to watch out for as well. Stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and bring more of that to you throughout this college football season, and then we'll get into the pre-draft process in 2022. So until next time, everyone, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. Stick around for the next podcast in a couple of days. And until next time, I am out of here.